Welcome to the Brains Magazine podcast, a podcast with in-depth interviews and conversations with world-class entrepreneurs, expert coaches, industry leaders, and international celebrities. Get exclusive insight into the world of business, mindset, leadership, and lifestyle with your host, Mark Sefton. I want to welcome you to the next episode of the Brains Magazine podcast. And today we have Nadine Keller with us. Nadine is an author. She's a speaker and also a sales coach. How are you today, Nadine? I am terrific. Thank you. Amazing. I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, I can tell from the get-go that you have great energy. So energy is so important, isn't it, when it comes to you know making an impression and actually getting people to buy from you? Thank you, Mark. Um, it really, it really, really is. And it doesn't necessarily have to be kind of the big, big energy, but it's the energy that you bring even for extroverts. I happen to be a, a an extrovert, but I should say even for introverts, um, I happen to be an extrovert, but energy is very, very important to the, to everything, I think. Yeah, I just think, you know, we've we've all got we've all been gifted with with life. And so, you know, we all have an opportunity to to give of ourselves. And it's much more fun being around people that actually are enjoying being alive. Isn't it? It is so true. So true. Mm. I'm gonna hit the ground running with you today, Nadine. I think like I, I would love to know, like. I've seen from your work that you've really been able to build like an authority within your niche uh, in terms of what you do. H- how do other people do you feel? What do you feel like that people need to do in order to be an authority in their field of expertise uh, in order for them to really kind of be taken seriously, but also, you know, have that credibility? So I think you mentioned it, um, Mark, in terms of niche. Niche is so incredibly important. And I actually learned this, I think, by mistake um, many moons ago. I started my business um, 17 years ago, and I was working in financial services and providing uh, training and consulting. And I just kind of tripped over a niche and as soon, which happened to be retirement services. And as soon as I did that, and I really, um, really focused in on that, my world changed. I was able to, you know, double my revenues in a year, increase my pricing significantly. And in fact, um, shortly after that, I was approached by Wiley to write a book and to have a publisher approach you is a, a, a big deal, right? And I think the reason why that happened all has to do with my niche. Hmm. So in order um, to develop authority, I believe it begins with niche. And we now work with women entrepreneurs in service businesses And one of the things that we've learned is people, and this is men and women, right? We've got that fear of missing out. And so we know we should niche and it will serve us well, but it just feels counterintuitive. It feels like we are cutting ourselves off from opportunity and it's quite the opposite because it is when you are able to develop a niche, focus in, you're able to really deeply understand your ideal client 
you can develop a better offer, you know where they they live. So it becomes so much easier to market to them. And as a result, you're becoming an authority within that niche, which gives you a platform that you otherwise would not have. Mm. Do, you, do you see the correlation between niche and when people go outside of their lane? Like it's so important, isn't it, for us to to stay in our lane? Uh, Just, what, what's, what do you think? Ab- absolutely. Stay in your lane is right. So... Um, when we coach women entrepreneurs, it can be challenging for them, particularly if they're an early stage business, because sometimes what will happen is a referral will come into them that is outside of their lane. Now, does that mean that they absolutely cannot, you know, go after that? No, because we also have to be aware that, um, that we need revenue coming in. So if we have an opportunity, it's not necessarily that we say no to it, but in terms of being strategic and proactive, we want to do that in a very focused way and one where we can really understand and resonate with with the clients that we wanna serve. Yeah, I think there is a difference as well, isn't there, between somebody asking whether we can do this and, and us saying we can do it when we have no business in in doing Oh, it. of course. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, the other thing is, as an entrepreneur, you need to always be thinking about your time and your resources and where you're focusing your time. And so you want to make sure that you're focusing it in a way where you're providing the highest quality value to your clients, obviously. Yeah, one thing that's getting on my goat at the moment, uh, Nadine, is uh, actually Elon Musk um, come out today and said that he's going to start charging people uh, to use X, right? He, he obviously took it over, he wanted people to pay for the verification, uh, and now wants to actually charge people to 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 use X, and and he, here's somebody who's super successful, obviously, um, but he's way out of his lane. And actually, for me, he's now, <laughs> he's now he's actually harming uh, his brand. Um, would I buy a Tesla now because of the way that he is taking something that I've actually always had an affiliation to and enjoyed? You know, I was verified for a good five years when Twitter said, you know, we want to verify you and then they want me to pay for the privilege. I don't think so. Like for me, like what's going on? What's going on there? Uh, you know what? I'm not sure I am the one to answer that, um, although I think ego is what I would say. And uh, and sometimes I mean, we've all seen these, you know, big companies and, and big profiles who do, in fact, do major damage to their brand. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how how that plays out for him. Yeah, I think it was more about, you know, us kind of building on what we were talking about there about staying in the lane. Actually, if we don't actually the ramifications are quite catastrophic you know and and then it comes to mind that sometimes less is more and just because we can do something doesn't mean that we should do something we have to have that wisdom right absolutely and you, you know brand is important and so part of that and one of the things that we actually spend a lot of time in our program on brand because 
we want to be really, we want the women that we work with to be really, really clear about who they are, right? Mm. Because that is what, you know, it's how you show up in the world. And it, and, you know, it's, it's way beyond thinking about your logo and the color choices that you have, but it's really how your brand behaves. So it translates into how you handle sales calls, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, it's, it's your, your voice and your marketing. Uh, so it's, it's much broader than a lot of entrepreneurs. You know, we tend to think of brand is, is the logo and the look and feel, but it's, it's really a lot more than that. And what, what made you decide Nadine for you and your organization to really like actually focus on women in business? Is that, is there a particular like driver behind that? Was it just something? Absolutely that... there is. So, <laughs> you know, I, as I mentioned 17 years ago, started my business and in those days, there wasn't a whole lot of support, if any, really, for women entrepreneurs like me out there. And I learned the hard way. I mean, it was in many ways, blood, sweat and tears. And I had a lot of sleepless nights and thinking that I might have to go back to corporate. And it took me a while to figure it out. And I often thought, you know, in especially now, because there are resources supporting women, but what if I had had a guide at that point, right? And mm. instead, I, I would have hit the seven figures earlier. I would have been able to spend more time with my husband and boys. You know, I would have had less of those sleepless nights. Um, so it was during the pandemic, which is kind of a common story, I think, for some, right, that we're, we're being reflective. Mm -hmm. And it was during that time that I thought, you know what, I really want to develop a program for women entrepreneurs to take. And it's actually a combination of my own personal experience building a, a business. But it's also I have been coaching and training people in Fortune 100 companies for 17 years on their sales and marketing. So I developed a lot of expertise around that and combining that with my own personal experience of building a business, I thought, okay, who better to do this? And so I picked up the phone and called, um, actually, ironically, she was my first client in, in the business years ago, um, Prudential Retirement, who hired me in as a faculty member. And it was Linda who did that. So I picked up the phone. I called Linda because I knew she was passionate about helping women entrepreneurs. And she is a phenomenal coach. And I said, let's do this. And we did it. And so we started, our commitment was, we said, let's not do anything until we have interviewed a hundred women. And so we interviewed a hundred women entrepreneurs because we really wanted to understand what those struggles were so that we could design a program that was like right on target for them. Mm, that's smart. I like that. I love I love little things that seem so simple, but at the end of the day, our ability to actually give people what they want and then educate them with what they need is so, so important. It is. So, it's right. It's it is. There's nothing more important, really. Every facet of your business has to do with your understanding what the problems, the needs and the opportunities are for your clients. 
And you've got to keep, just because you've done it once. I mean, Linda and I continue to interview women, right? Because the world is changing. You know, AI is an example and we got to keep up on, on all of that. And, um, and, and understand what the challenges of our audience is so that we can really be in service of them and bring them what they need. Hmm. Is this the precise sales accelerator or is this, is, is the, is that something else that's in addition to some of the yes. resources that you've built? We call it the precision sales precision. accelerator. Correct. And, and, you know, if somebody was to come across it, like what what problem do you really believe it solves? Like is in those those 100 women that you spoke to, was there a common denominator that you feel is at the nucleus of this? Absolutely. So there were such strong themes throughout. Um, one theme was women undervalue themselves and they underprice their services. Mm. And uh, there's research to back this up. Um, Fresh Books did research that shows that women underprice themselves by 28% compared to their male counterparts offering the exact same service. Mm. So, I mean, that is crazy. So, um, so that was one theme. Another theme was, I would say, around lack of confidence. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I could, I could talk for days on this in terms of kind of why, Mm. Um, but the imposter syndrome is at play in a big way. And so the mindset uh, piece becomes so important. Another theme was, it's strong to say, but I think it's, it's accurate is a disdain for selling this feeling about i don't want to be pushy i don't want to be salesy right and this feeling that you have to apply these sales tactics to your sales conversations which is absolutely not the case in fact we believe we have a thing that we call the softer side of sales mm. which has to do with leaning into your feminine energy mm. in the sales conversation it means that instead of you know, I don't know if you know uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, the movie, but you know, ABC always be closing. Hmm. Um, instead of that, it's really about always being serving. Hmm. And when you do that, you enjoy greater sales success, but you enjoy the selling process. And a lot of the women that we work with are, you know, consultants and coaches, and they have those skills in their practice. They just need to bring them to their sales conversations. And that has been such a big breakthrough, I think, for many of the women in our program. Yeah. I think, uh, I think, I think it's rejection, isn't it? We fear rejection. That's we, that's the main thing there. We do. We do. And it, and it is... You know, it's this feeling that you've got to close somebody. You got to do this to them. But if you take that away and you're really in service to them, you're not talking them into anything, right? You are you are um, really focusing on what their problems are, their needs, the opportunities. You're making an assessment. First and foremost, if you can help them. Mm. And guess what? 
you're going to have a lot of conversations where it's just not a good fit and that's okay. So this feeling of rejection, I think comes from a, a feeling that you have to close everybody Mm. and you do not want to do that. You want to, you know, if it's having said that, let me say the other side of it. If you find that someone is a good fit for what your offer is, you have an obligation to them to help them see the value in your offer. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying that we're passive about it by any means, but I'm saying that we're not going into it. We're we're detached from the outcome. Mm -hmm. We're not going into it like I have to close this, this, you know, individual. I, I do like the the flip of its head where I think the phrase is teach people how to buy. Mm-hmm. It, it, you kind of approach it from a totally different like viewpoint and it doesn't feel as, as pushy or. Well, you know, people, everybody loves to buy, you yeah. know, particularly myself. <laughs> <laughs> Some may say <laughs> we won't ask my family about that. Um, but everybody loves to buy, but nobody likes to be sold to. Yeah. And we have to allow the space for the people that we're having these conversations with to buy. Yeah, exactly. Nadine, you've had moments in your life where I think you've hated hated a particular season or situation but it seems to have really been a, a catalyst in your life. What, why do you believe that insult and unhappiness uh, is a wonderful motivator? Um, oh, it, let me make sure I understand your question correctly. Mm. When things don't go quite your way, how do you turn them around? Is that what you mean? Yeah, it's like, you know, you've had a moments in your life that, you know, when I was looking at some of your, your background, your story, yeah. You talked about how you hated so there were certain moments in your life that you actually described as as like a hate. It's like, and I just wonder because I always find it fascinating. Why is it that insult or maybe unhappiness or moments that we hate actually become a wonderful motivator and, and create that that? Oh my gosh! Yeah, yes. Well, first of all, you've got to have the mindset to make that happen. And so, and it's hard, right? In the moment when things are not going your way to to look for what is the gift in this. And I don't know if this is what you're referring to, but on a personal level, I, I lost my husband in 2020 unexpectedly. And my boys and I were, um, were bracing ourselves for a really tough Thanksgiving, you know, which as you know, is American holiday is so important. And particularly in our family, it was our favorite. It was my husband's favorite. And so, and it was in the middle of pandemic where we wouldn't be able to host the family, you know, cause they couldn't come. And we thought, what are we going to do? And one of my sons said, you know, I could write a book on Thanksgiving. And I said, you know, why don't we? And so we ended up writing this book called Gobble, the quintessential Thanksgiving. We actually got a publisher, believe it or not. One son is a sommelier, not professionally, and the other is an amazing cook, and I love to entertain. 
And so that is, I mean, I guess that's kind of an extreme example of taking something that feels so tragic. And that one is obviously an extreme one and saying, you know, what is, what is the gift in this? How can we turn this around a little bit? Mm. And of course, that happens in business all the time. And that's where your mindset becomes so important. You know, when you're, I've always coached salespeople that when you're having a good day, just keep calling, right? Having this is, I'm talking about my financial services um, clients, right? It just keep, because, and you open this conversation talking about energy, your energy gets impacted by it. But the same thing is when things aren't going your way, you know, maybe it's time to take a step away from it and get some perspective on it. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, it all, all comes down to to the mind and and, and how we uh, frame things that we yeah. go through. And, and the other thing I would say, Mark, and so important for women, and we learn this in our interviews, but we've experienced it in a way way greater than that in the program, how important community is, particularly to entrepreneurs. And I would say particularly to women entrepreneurs, mm. it is a lonely journey out there. And so you need to make sure that you've got the support for, you know, those great moments and those not so great moments. And in fact, one of the things that we always do on our coaching calls is we start out focusing on wins. And what tends to happen is, you know, we, we tend to think a little win isn't important, but those little wins are so important because our nature tells us to focus on what didn't go well. Mm. So we have to be disciplined about reminding ourselves, even the little things when it's going well, what happened, you know, what, what happened well this week? And it may just be, you know, I'm showing up today, mm. <laughs> but we got to, you know, focus on, on those wins. It's funny. I was thinking, Nadine, have you been looking at my notes? Cause it was literally like, ask Nadine about why it's important <laughs> to celebrate small wins. <laughs> oh, okay. Great. <laughs> well, <laughs> yep. There you go. There it is. Now, one thing that I, that really impressed me and I have massive respect for, for women, especially mothers, right? Because, you know, majority of like broken families, Typically, in most cases, the children are with the mum, you know, and if she's trying to, you know, establish a business or maintain a business while managing a household, taking the kids to school, you know, ferrying them to after sport, you know, after sports teams and, and after school clubs and all that. I know one of the things that you really are good at is, is actually helping people find that work-life balance. What would be maybe one or two things that you feel like you could share that would make us all a bit more effective in in that in that balance right so well one of the things that i love to get feedback from the women in our program and some of them are just as you described 
is that they now have more free time and more flexible time. And the reason why they do is because there is a very clear roadmap that they are following. And I think the the chat, then there's so much burnout that came from a lot of our interviews. And I think the reason why is we expect to be great at everything, you know, like we feel like we should be, and we got to figure out this, how to build a business thing. And a lot of these women are fabulous in whatever their expertise is, right? Their practice, but they don't necessarily know kind of the steps to building a business. And when you have a methodical approach, a roadmap, it frees up up your time where you can feel confident that you are focusing on exactly what you need to focus on. One of the other themes that I did not mention that came up is um, uh, uh, shiny object, what we call shiny object syndrome. Mm. And women are notorious for this. And I think it might have to do with our ability or our need, I should say, to multitask. But we get on one road and then we have an idea and we get on another road and then we have and just it, you know, to the extent that you can stay on one path and have real clarity about that path, it frees you up. And a lot of the women that come into our program, or I should say a lot of the women who want to become an entrepreneur are doing it so they have flexibility in their schedule. That's why I did it. I left corporate America specifically because I had two young kids at home. But what you can quickly find is that you're working around the clock. You know, now you're working Saturdays and Sundays too. And you're worried about it at night. And, you know, all of that is going on. So that's where my number one advice is have a methodical path and stick to it. Because that's where you get to benefit from being an entrepreneur, being your own boss, being able to go to the kids' games or the doctor's appointments or whatever it is. Mm, Very good. Obviously, the lifeblood of any business is obviously to have a nice, steady flow of clients. And one thing that's kind of surprised me, even with discussions with with people that I uh, teach as well, is the fact that there's so many that I've stopped asking their, their clients for referrals what, oh yeah. Why is that? What like it always seemed to be like the most obvious step and now now hardly anybody seems to be doing that. Well, I you know, you had mentioned earlier fear of rejection. Hmm. And so I think that is part of it, but the big aha for me when we were coaching um a, a group of women and they said that they were so uncomfortable with it because they felt that it was not in service of the client, that it was, I'm thinking about me and not them. And so we we had a conversation which kind of switched the way they thought about that and said, you know, think about this for a minute. You have, you know, helped this client, right, on their journey, whatever that transformation is, And in a way, isn't it a privilege for them to be able to refer you to someone else who could benefit from your services? Mm. 
And, you know, so much of this, and when we call it, you know, the softer side of sales, so much of it is just a little looking at things differently. And all of a sudden you become comfortable with it. And I don't know about you, but I love the opportunity to refer someone, especially someone who has helped me to someone else. I think it's an absolute privilege to be able to do that. Again, it comes back down to to mindset again, isn't it? The, it? Your ability to then frame someone a different way. It's almost like, wow, they see in a totally different light. Totally different light. Totally different light. And we've got to get to that point even within ourselves, where it's like, while you've really led from this whole conversation, Nadine, about service, it's also being mindful that a business is not a, is not a charity, you know, that you know, it's not just about, you know, giving stuff away for free, but there's a, there's an, an exchange for that, which you bring to that person, whether it's knowledge, whether it's education, whether it's a tool, a product, and it has a, a monetary exchange, you know, and we can't fall into the trap of that. I mean, like you were saying, women are, are undercutting themselves by 28% compared to men for the, for a like for like service. Yeah. And so, and I think a lot of that comes from, you know, kind of traditional ways that women have brought up, been brought up, you know, not to talk about money and things like that. And that also came across loud and clear in our interviews. Women are uncomfortable talking about money, but if you start to think about it in a different way and think about the money allows you to serve more people, Mm. right? And so that, you know, again, it's kind of like if you're in it to have an impact, which we found most women, I mean, really, they all talked about the importance of having an impact. Um, If you're in it to do that, then you have an obligation to bring your talents to the world. And the way you do that is by bringing in the resources to be able to reach more people. Yeah, makes sense. Nadine, it's been so good uh, chatting with you. If people want to find out more about you, how do they do that? And maybe if there's one last thing that, you know, is on the tip of your tongue or something that you feel like we haven't captured, but you really feel is a is a good like ending to this so that people can really, I don't know, be enlightened or challenged by a thought, then, then go ahead and, and share it. I guess what I would share there is that um, it's natural to have doubts right? In, in this entrepreneurial journey, you're going to have ups and downs. Um, but you can do this and don't shortchange yourself in terms of, you know, a lot of the interviews, people we talked to, they wanted to get to six figures. Well, six figures, isn't going to cut it these days, right? If you really want to build a business, you've got to be investing in that business. So make sure your goals are are lofty enough to do what you want to do, which ultimately provides you the financial freedom, right? That mm. that so many are looking for. Mm. Um, so I guess it's a I'm cheerleading a little bit here in terms of there are many examples of women who have built very successful you know, seven and eight figure businesses in coaching and consulting. Mm. And it is, it is doable. 
And it's really just taking one step at a time. So mm. that's that's what I would say. I would also invite your audience. We're, we've actually set up a um, kind of a web page um, that a hidden web page um, specifically for brains listeners that has some tools that may be helpful. And uh, so I would encourage your listeners to go. It's precisionsalescoaching.com and it is slash brains. And we have some resources for you there. Amazing. Sounds fantastic, Nadine. Well, I've really enjoyed it. I hope you have too. I have very much enjoyed it and appreciate the opportunity um, so much, Mark. Well, let's uh, let's end the year strong because we've only got what a few months left. It's crazy. Let's do it. Yes, and this is the time we've got to be goal setting for next year. Exactly. Thanks, Nadine. Thank you. Thank you for joining this episode with me, Mark Sefton. I hope you've really enjoyed it. Feel free to leave us a positive review on iTunes. And I look forward to welcoming you back to the next episode of the Brains Magazine podcast.